I want to start things out by giving testimony because one of my friends got ill seriously. Now the doctor told him, ain't no way you gon' live. But he prayed his parent faith. And, and a miracle appeared. It's already all right. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, oh yes, it is. It's already all right. And all, all you got to do is just, just bow your head down. Just, just bow your head and pray and, and give it all up. And know everything's going to be okay. Just throw your hands up and wave them left to right and do your dash out. Because it's already all right. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Marquise. And this is your one on your favorite, Taylor. And you're back with the You Stuck With Me podcast. You stuck. You stuck with me. Bae, how you feeling today? I feel good, Pumpkin. How are you? I feel good. I'm ready to dive into today's topic. It's kind of a... It's kind of a long touching one, but it's one that I'm proud of because it's taught me a lot. Uh-oh, why do I feel like this gonna make me cry today? It just might because you've been through everything with me. So today we're gonna cover the cancer battle. Dang. I know, I know. We've alluded to it last season, so we're gonna tell you guys what exactly happened, where I was, the recovery itself, and where I am today. Now, you know how I feel about this topic, but I will say this, though. I'm I'm happy that we're in a space now that you feel comfortable to talk about it because it was a lot. You hear me? Yeah. It's a lot. And I the one best way I would describe it is that that was our through sickness and health moment before we even said I do. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I definitely agree. Like, man. So um, to kick this episode off if first of all disclaimer if this is something that is very touching to you or it hits home um you might want to you might want to pause right here and also i want to put out there we are no experts this is just this is just something that we just come from the heart about and we just want to share this story in hopes that it will help someone out there agreed so believe it or not this actually starts may 1st 2017. Oof, that was a long time ago. I know. That's way back, way, way, way back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so May 1st, uh, 2017, I had a doctor's appointment and I went to the, you know, this doctor's appointment. Everything was fine until I got the call from them saying that they wanted me to come back in. And I asked them why. And they told me they wanted to know why my white blood cell count was astronomically high. Now, a normal person's white blood cell count is between 3.5 to 11. There's no set measurement, but they just say 3.5 to 11 when measuring it. Mine was about 140,000. Mm. Now, when they say 3.5, that uh, actually means uh, 3,500 to 11,000. So mine was 10 times, 11, high, 11 times higher. So... At the time, I was actually afraid to go back in to find out why. And you, everybody, make sure you pay attention to this part of the story. So throughout the course of that summer, uh, I started to not feel like myself. Um, my stomach started to hurt very badly. I couldn't lay on my stomach, and 
I would just get winded doing the simplest things. Like I remember one time Taylor and I were just messing around in the dining room and I ran from one end of the dining room to the other and I was extremely winded, but I didn't think much of it. So the summer came and went. I did everything that I wanted to do. We traveled. Uh, that's summer that I went on Wheel of Fortune. That's a different episode. And then also I remember too, when we got back from traveling around, not to cut you off, but I noticed when we were just like around the house, we was in the living room. And then that's when you beat me in 2K. But that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> I just remember I noticed something going on with your stomach. I said it was your belly button. Right. I said, babe, why are your why is your belly button like this? Cause you're not an Audi. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it just looked like your stomach was like all swelled and everything like that. I'm like, what is going on? So at the time I didn't know. And we end up we flew to LA uh for the ta- uh for the taping mm-hmm. of uh Will of Fortune and I ended up getting a double ear infection on the flight. On and the flight that back. was the first time I ever heard of anybody getting a double ear infection. Yeah, I, I had an ear infection as a kid, but a, a double ear infection. Yeah. So Oof. that that was new. So I ended up what I ended up doing, I ended up going to my chapter meeting, uh and you fell and you passed out there. You collapsed. No, you fell out there. No, I didn't. I didn't collapse at the uh, chapter. Meeting. I collapsed at work the next day. Oh, so no, I'm sorry. The next week. Mm-hmm. So I went to my chapter meeting, and our chaplain at the time, uh, he took me to the hospital down the street, and that's when they told me I had a double ear infection. So they gave me medication for that. Uh, but also at the time, I was also having like heavy dizziness. So I was taking the medication and the ear infections went away, but the dizziness still stayed the same. So I had to be at work Monday because I was starting a new job. And I was and this is the part where it gets very scary. So I was working with a nurse training me and I was trying to put on a tourniquet onto a patient. So I wasn't getting it right, but it wasn't because of lack of trying. I couldn't see it wasn't until I got there and I'm like, okay, this dizziness needs to go away. So the nurse is getting frustrated with me and she says, okay, stand right there and watch me. So I'm leaning on the wall watching her, but I'm getting dizzy. All of a sudden I'm on the floor Mm. and to everybody else it was like seconds, but to me it felt like minutes. I didn't even know I was on the floor until I came to. So basically in a sense you blacked out. I, I will. I guess that's the best way to say it, blacked out. So the nurse rushes over to me, and another nurse rushes over to me. They help me, and they sit me in a chair, and they give me something to drink. So after they give me something to drink, and I feel much better, I'm like, okay, you know, what? I'm gonna go home, and I'm gonna lay down. So on the way home, I probably didn't get no more than two or three blocks away from the hospital, and I called my mom. I told her what happened. She said. No, that's not normal. You need to turn around and go back and let them do some tests on you, find out what happened. So I'm like, okay. So I go back and they run tests on me and my mom uh, ends up meeting me at the hospital. And my dad, we coincidentally enough, we worked at the same hospital. He just got off the night shift. So my mom called him and told him what happened. So he had already been back home and he came driving back and met us at the hospital later, about probably 30, 40 minutes later. So they ran tests before my father got there, but my mom was already there. So waiting on test results, waiting on test results. My dad walks in and probably no more than five minutes after he came in. The doctor says, first of all, this doctor didn't have any type of tact. Let's start there. Hmm. The doctor just came in and said, oh, we think it's leukemia. I'm like, 
wait, first of all, it's the shock of hearing leukemia. Second of all, like, that's just how you're going to tell us? She just said that like she was yelling down the hall? Yeah. This doctor had no chill, no tact whatsoever. Baby. <laughs> so after after that part, I then it was the the soaking in the fact that they think it's leukemia. I look at my mom and I say, leukemia, mom. My mom was just kind of like staring and my dad started just like, he was in tears. Like I, mm. It was very rare why I saw my dad cry, but that was one of them. And so the next thing I'm thinking to myself is I messed up. I don't know what I did at the time, but I thought to myself, I messed up. And then the next thing is, and Lord forbid, I'm well, thank the Lord that this isn't true. The next thing that came to my mind was, how much time do I have? That's a very sobering feeling when you got to sit there and think to yourself, how much time do I have? Because, and it, this is probably off what I've seen in popular culture. When you, some, you, when somebody's thought that they have cancer, the next thing is like you have X amount of time to live. That was immediately my next thought. So after that, the doctors, uh, at the hospital we were working at, they didn't have the type of, they didn't have the instruments and everything needed for me to be there in a long-term situation. Mm-hmm. So they started calling around to Loyola University and University of Chicago to see if there was a bed available for me. And they asked me which hospital I wanted to go to. So naturally, because all my family was, is on the south side of Chicago, I said the University of Chicago. So they thank God you did. <laughs> I mean, it only made sense. So they started to call the hospital to see if there was room for me, if they had a bed. So while they're doing that, we're waiting and we're just you can hear a pin drop in the room. And then my coworker at the time, Andy, shout out to Andy, she she was heaven sent because she took care of me the entire time while my parents were just standing there just like in shock. She was like, okay, tell me what you need me to do. Tell me what you need. If you need anything, give me a call. So, and I actually spoke to her recently. Uh, She's doing well. But um, probably about after an hour sitting there, uh, they found out that there was room for me at the University of Chicago. And so they uh, set me up in in an EMT truck. So while in the EMT truck, I actually fell asleep. And I, I can't remember. I think my parents uh, beat the EMT there because, you know, going down 290 and then you have to go down Dan Ryan before mm-hmm. you get to the hospital. So uh, they got me set up in the room. And once I got set up in the room, they started running tests on me. Mm-hmm. And it took about a good two days before I got any results back. Now, this this happened four days before my birthday. So this was September 16th, 2017. And the crazy thing about it was, um, uh, I need this this tissue because I already feel it coming. Uh, The crazy thing about it was, this was exactly one month after we got together. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember, but I remember this exactly. So I I was at work. This one I was working in the hospital. This was pre-pandemic, but everything was crazy. Uh, I can't remember your mom texted me or called me, but I just remember. No, she texted me. And I just remember her saying, you know, 
he he, he I already knew that you had passed out at the job I knew that and I was just like okay you know he probably had like a migraine or something like that he just he gonna he gonna get better I remember telling myself that then all of a sudden I get this text from your mom she's like oh they saying it might be leukemia I'm like what I said what the fuck (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm about to enter an elevator pushing these carts and my whole mood just changed like <laughs> mind you at the time too 20 first of all 2017 i would say this and excuse me for what i'm about to say 2017 was a fucked up year okay it was real fucked up mm-hmm. between my mom between my grandma passing the beginning of the year that january and then watching basically watching her die then watching my mama take her last breath you know, well, I had to make the worst decision, one of the hardest decisions ever in life, which had to take her off life support that towards the end of May, bury her in June, then, you know, get a little bright spot in in my life. You know, me and you got together and then, oh, boom, leukemia. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what the entire fuck? And I remember I did finally talk to you and you telling me, first you told me you was at University of Chicago. No, yeah. You know, UIC. I remember I drove the UIC and the security guard lady's like, there's no one by this name here. I'm about to go off on this lady because I'm like, what you mean? I'm on the phone with him right now. He's telling me he's here. He here. I was double parked. You know, mm-hmm. cashmere was about to get towed away. All this. Right. Then when you said um, Karen Discovery Center, I'm like. Oh, my gosh. He's at University of Chicago. And as soon as you said that, it brought a flashback to me like, I was just fucking here a couple months ago with my mom. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'm like, you don't want to go through this I, It's not that I didn't want to go through it again, but like, what fucking else? <laughs> like, what fucking else? Like, at that time, I just felt like I can't have no peace. Mm-hmm. I find one bright spot of my life one bright spot of my life and i was like what the fuck i guess i'm not deserved to be happy but i will say this when i did get to see you in the room and just you i don't know what it is i I don't know what it was but it was like you going through all this madness you were still worried about me because the first thing you said when i I came to the room and i finally found you was like well you're a sight for sunrise i remember saying that I definitely remember saying that. And see, the thing about it was, uh, I think by the time you had gotten there, uh, doctor, uh, the doctors in the team had seen me and they were just telling me that, you know, first of all, we had already done the test by the time you had gotten there. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, we're just going to have, uh, we're going to have to wait for the results. It's going to take a couple of days. So for those two days, uh, one of the things I one of the things was I wasn't eating. If I was eating, I would take one bite and I would be I would be done. And that's why I knew something was wrong. So, well, me and your brother because we were both there. Yeah, because my brother was more scared than anybody because he was like, "Well, Marquise doesn't get, get sick. sick," and which is true. But prior to that, I ne- I was really the one that got sick. So after. After that, those two days came and went. They finally came back. That uh, this is September 18th. They came back with the 
came back with the diagnosis. It was chronic myeloid leukemia in blast phase. Now to explain to you what blast phase is, is basically when one of your, it's basically when two of your chromosomes fuse together to make one new chromosome, one from your mother and one from your father. So because of that, that that's part of the reason how I ended up developing leukemia. So they were giving me a whole bunch of drugs and I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Uh, I, after, after a while, I started to vomit because your body's not used to this. It's just fighting everything. Now, what happens with chronic myeloid leukemia is back to when I was explaining about the, my white blood cell count. Your white blood cell count basically fends off any disease that tries to invade your body, whether it's cold, flu, anything like that. But mm-hmm. because it was uh, chronic myeloid leukemia, which is a blood cancer, it, the white blood cells were fighting each other. So the more they would fight, the higher my white blood cell count would get, which is basically how I ended up, ended up getting so sick. Now, was that part of the reason why your stomach was like that too? Yeah. Because they, so, they talked about your spleen, right? So, yeah. So with my stomach, with my spleen actually stretched to cover half my stomach, which is why I wasn't able to eat as much or I wasn't able to lay on my stomach and my belly button became an Audi. So when the drugs actually started to do what they started to do, this is where a little bright spot came. I actually regained my... I regained my uh, appetite. And this is actually a good part of the story. So I was in there probably about two weeks before I actually was able to gain my appetite back. So that morning, I actually woke up. My stomach was growling like crazy. So I woke up and I ordered, everybody who knows me, I like to eat omelets. (laughs) So I woke up that morning. My My mom stayed overnight. So I ordered an omelet and the omelet came and she was still sleeping. So by the time that she woke up, I actually finished the omelet and she's looking and she's like, did you eat all that? I said, yeah. And then uh, (laughs) her eyes start to well up with tears. And then I think the next thing that I said to her made her just like start bawling. I looked at her and I said, I want another one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my mom started bawling and then the team came in, the doctors and the fellows and everyone. And they're looking at me as I'm eating the second omelet. And they say, oh, good. He's eating. And my mom said, yes, my baby is feeling better. She's rubbing my back as I'm eating the second omelet. And the doctor said, she said, second omelet. And the doctor was like, wait, second? I said, <laughs> yeah, I was hungry. And so they went through everything and noticed that all my levels were returning to normal and that I was, I was having an appetite. And the next thing for me to do was be able to walk on my own because I spent so much time in the bed because I was in so much pain. I wasn't walking, which here comes another. It's a funny part of the story, but it's actually it's actually helped me get through it. So there was a guy on the floor. I kid you not. Look just like the guy from the Six Blast commercials who did all the dancing. Look just like him. That I kid you not. That guy was moving, walking through the hallway like it was nothing. So my parents were trying to get me to get up and walk, but because I was in so much pain, I couldn't. So I was watching him. I'm like, okay. Eventually came to me. I'm like, if he can do it, then I can do it. So eventually, not only was I able to get up and walk around the floor without a problem. 
I was walking around to the point so much that my parents actually like, okay, you know, you're going to walk on your own because I'm tired. <laughs> so that was the good part. Eventually, I was able to go home. And that's when I started the recovery aspect of taking meds, being an outpatient, going uh, two, three times a week. And then eventually I ended up going uh, two, three times a month. And then I actually got to see you. Yeah. Because the thing about it is because my uh, my I was, I was immune suppressed. So my immune system was suppressed. I couldn't be around anybody like I, the common cold could have took me out. That's yeah. how bad and was. I was working in a hospital. So first, I was never banned from seeing you. Mm-mm. But I would take the precautions because, again, I was working in the hospital. I would be cautious of when I came to see you. So if I knew I had two days coming up, I would just, you know, take that day to clear everything and make sure I was good. And then I'll spend the day with you and stuff. And, you know, you spend there was one point where you had, uh, what, three nights, three days off and you spent every single night with me. Oh, yeah. I, I, I packed that spend the night bag. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people this is why I tell a lot of people that you there were times where you would come after your shift. You would work a 12 hour shift. You get up from 7 a.m. work to 7 p.m. and then come see me and then spend the night with me. And then there was one time I was in so much pain. You had to be you had to be at work at six in the morning. You got up at three a.m. to come spend the night with me up until you had to go to work. Child, them six a.m. shifts was the ghetto. <laughs> was the ghetto. <laughs> and you know, y'all, this is how we came up with the title. You stuck with me because it's a double entendre. Because we say that we're stuck with each other because we're not getting on divorce. None of that new. And also, what I told Marquise, this is before he got discharged. We sat on the side of his bed. And he was like, "What? what's wrong? What's wrong, beautiful? I said nothing. He was like, no, tell me. I was like, no, babe, I don't want to tell you because you're going through your own stuff. I don't want to burden you with it. He was like, you're not a burden. Tell me what's going on. And I said that I thanking God that you made it out okay and that you kept your promise to me that you was going to beat this because I'm not going to lie to you. If things would have turned left, I don't know what I would have done. I would have been in somebody padded room, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, you don't understand. I would never understand how it is to go through the pain that you went through. But as your girlfriend, we just brandly knew getting with each other and you going through this pain. It was nothing I can do. That hurts me. That really hurt me. I know. And I remember... At one, the the very first time I had a spinal tap, Oof. you, my dad, my mom were all sitting there. My mom, so and the way the way that the room was set up, uh, my dad was closer. He was like, he was close to the door because <laughs> yeah, my dad can take my dad can take seeing. My Please, dad can was, I tell this story because <laughs> yeah, so he was close to the door because I didn't know he couldn't he couldn't take certain aspects of a hospital i don't want to say he was squeamish but in that moment he was mm-hmm. then your mama was like i don't want to see all that you know whatever me again i'm a little weirdo because i worked in the hospital i want to see everything that's going on because you see this stuff on tv so when they took the uh the needle and stuff like that to normal i'm just like oh my gosh this is so interesting when they pulled out that needle your dad had to go 
Okay. Yeah. He had to go. And, but at the time, <laughs> at the time they're doing this, you're looking at them put the you know with the needle stuff. I'm looking at you. I saw everything, <laughs> and you laughing at me because you're like, she is really into. Yes, this is this type of stuff you see on Discovery Channel. You all, don't see this <laughs> all while I'm getting ready to go under the anesthesia and all that stuff, y'all. Man, but what, y'all need to see Marquise under anesthesia one day. <laughs> well. <laughs> make a perfect old man when he turned 80 <laughs> so long story short i ended i spent uh three weeks in the hospital and then i went uh i went home and i was in recovery and at first it was uh three times a week then it eventually went to two times a week and then one time a week for my recovery and then uh i think by january i was at one time uh one time every two weeks mm-hmm. and uh by February, uh, February, I was still at, I think I was still at two times, uh, two times per month. And I think we eventually went to one time per month about April. I remember February, we went, the first, February was the first time I was able to actually go back out in public. And the first place I went to, uh, went to was to go see Black Panther in uh, theaters. Yep. So that, uh, that part, that was the beginning part of my recovery. Uh, we ended up being able to, I ended up being cleared to travel. We went to AGP uh, that June. Baby. We had a, we had, we had a time. time. We, we had, had a time. time. <laughs> and uh, everything was all good until Jacksonville. Which uh, we will talk about that in another episode. We'll talk about that in another episode. But uh, long story short, because of the things that happened in Jacksonville, uh, the leukemia relapse. came back. Had a relapse. So I ended up having to, I ended up having to go back to I wouldn't want to say uh, square one, but start to really look at uh, redo the things that I need to do with my recovery, and um, this is where this is where they started introducing to me that the possibility of getting a stem cell transplant. So this is a uh, 2018 going into 2019, June 2019. I was supposed to have the chance plan, but something happened. So it ended up being pushed back to July of 2019. And that was around the time I was graduating. Yeah. So she was graduating with her master's, and but I couldn't go because I was prepping for the stem cell transplant. So ju- I was in there. Uh, I think we went in July 15th. Mm-hmm. July 15th, I went in there, and July 30th, I had my stem cell transplant. I was in there for 25 days. So um, the stem cell transplant, it was rough and rocky in itself. But we're going to we're gonna get into that on the next episode. So you guys stick around and see what happens. Cliffhanger. Don't, don't, don't. But until that time, babe, you want to tell them where they can find you? You can find me on Instagram. And on Twitter, that is Queen Points. That's P O number one N T Z. Again, that is Queen Points. P O number one N T Z. And Bay, where can find you at? You guys can find me on Twitter and IG. Mine M one N E underscore one. That's M one N E underscore one. You want to tell them where they can find us on the uh, IG Bay? You stuck with me underscore podcast. Again, that is you stuck with me. Dang, I just had a brain fart. Uh, U-S-T-U-C-K, me underscore. 
U S T U C K. I'm my own product. Okay, yeah. U S T U C K W I T M E underscore podcast. And if you guys want to send us sticky notes, you can also email us at you stuck with me at gmail.com. That is U S T U C K W I T M E at gmail.com. And you can hit us up on Facebook and leave us sticky notes there. Hey, y'all better come back for this part two. Yeah, because all the dark things that happened beforehand, it's some it's a the story ends up better, but you guys will see that in the next episode. So hey, come back. Especially if y'all want to hear the rest of this. <laughs> Later. Peace.